Welcome to DevCast. DevCast is Dev Technology Group's opportunity to connect GovTech with the community around it. Come join us for conversations that are sure to inspire and make you think. Hey, so welcome to DevCast. We're back for another great episode. We have with us today a couple of our of our famous colleagues. One is going to be Adam D'Angelo joining us. He's our Senior Director of Technology and Learning here at Dev. We're also joined today by Kurt Lloyd, who's our principal, one of our principal engineers at our cargo systems contract in Alexandria, Virginia. So welcome. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, we have Kurt on today um, because we wanted to have a conversation about the intersection of Black History Month and technology. Um, so... We were hoping that, Kurt, you could come in and chat with us and uh, enlighten us on the topic. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so first, I want to say thank you both for having me on the DevCast, the podcast, um, to talk about the very, very fascinating topic of the intersection of black history and technology. Um, before I go any further, I actually would like to take a moment to... Remember Katherine Johnson, who passed away earlier today. She's actually known for, I guess, the movie Hidden Figures. Um, she was a computer, quote-unquote computer, at NASA for a bunch of years. And uh, she helped uh, John Glenn go into space. So in thinking about the intersection of these topics, what I realized is that this is something that I did not learn in school. I don't know about anyone else. Um, and it's a really difficult topic to get any information on. Um, a lot of these folks are not as well known as they should be or they ought to be. So after some reflection, the two main points that I'd like to kind of open with are... One, it should go without saying that black people, whenever they've been given the opportunity, have shown uh, tremendous creativity and innovation. So the history of black America, and especially black America in technology, is really the history of opportunity or lack of opportunity for black people to achieve or to showcase their talents. Um, and the second point is history is ongoing, right? You know, history is now. When my kids or when our kids um, are learning about black history, they'll be learning about now as well as our past. So if we want to understand where we've been and where we're going, we kind of have to reflect on the now too. Uh, so in my view, the uncomfortable unfortunate and inconvenient truth is that we're still lagging behind where we should be with uh, equity and with equality of opportunity, even in 2020. Wow. Oh, that's really, and so that's a really, it's a really incredible reflection on, I think, a lot of different things, right? Um, I think the most immediate thing is, yeah, the, the fact that, that we've got such a, an amazing group of folks who have been such a tremendous part of the nation's history um, and are only now being recognized, right? So be before the podcast, we mm -hmm. talked a little bit about, a little bit about hidden figures, right? Mm -hmm. Which only just recently kind of came up in the last few years. 
talked a little bit about Neil deGrasse Tyson, right, and mm-hmm. and and his level of popularity. Everybody knows who Bill Nye is, but how many folks actually know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is, right? Right. Um, and and the list just goes on and on, right? So I think there's a lot of a lot of really interesting comments there that, that need to be pulled apart. I think that's a really good starting place for this for this podcast, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to dive into some of these individuals who you feel are these prominent and key figures um, at the intersection of technology and Black History Month. Sure. Um, so there are a few people that I'd like to highlight. I mean, obviously, there are tons of people. We are only here for a limited amount of time, so we can't go through all of them. But um, if you think about like some of the historical folks, we could start with uh, Benjamin Benneker, right? Uh he got his start on his family farm designing the irrigation system. And he later went on to uh, meet George Ellicott. So he's also from this area. Uh, he became friends with George Ellicott. Uh, George Ellicott at the time was into astronomy, writing astronomy, uh, astronomy books. And so Benjamin Banneker picked up astronomy on his own. And he got so good at it that he started correcting or, you know, he was able to point out errors in uh, George Ellicott's work. Um, Later on, he met George's cousin, Andrew, who kind of pulled Benjamin into a a little project, which was land surveying. And the land that he surveyed later on became Washington, D.C. Um, you know, we were talking about Katherine Johnson earlier, you know, she passed away today. Um, like I said, at NASA, she was referred to as a computer. And when people hear the word computer, they think of a physical device that they can use to check social media, send emails, you know, let me tweet something out real quick. Um, but in her case, she wasn't, she wasn't that, you know, she was from a time before there were these computers. In fact, um, they were just kind of rolling out the IBM mainframe at that point in time. She was doing all of her calculations for manned spaceships by hand, pencil and paper. And we're talking about rocket trajectories, points of reentry. Um, so she was really smart. Um, and then if we want to kind of, you know, bring that back to, you know, some more modern folks, we could talk about Mark Dean, who was an uh, engineer at IBM. He was personally responsible for bringing the personal computer to fruition. Uh, that was back in 1981. Um, he was also their CTO of their Middle East and African division. And if we want to talk about um, locally and, uh, you know, more closely related to us, we could talk about Yemi Oshinaya, who is currently the uh, deputy CIO at USCIS and former CTO at Dev. Um, We could also talk about, of course, you know, our CEO, Kendall Holbrook. Um, And, you know, that's just to name a few of the, the folks who are like, yeah, in fact, it's really interesting, right? Because you you kind of have this opportunity to talk a little bit about Miss um, Jones, right, and her passing. And what's really interesting about that is, and this is really kind of the bridge between, 
I think the the rich history of technology and black history mm-hmm. and the modern history of technology and black history. And that's mm-hmm. that you in that movie, right? They show and they show a component where there are uh, they're they're trying to get this mainframe stood up, right? Right. And there's there's a bunch of guys standing around staring at a bunch of wires and and it's it's the it's the team of computers that come in, read the manual and get the computer working, right? right. And, and they learn this on their own time. Exactly. Right? You know, so this doesn't affect their day job or their home life. In fact, in, in the movie, um, one of the computers goes to the library, borrows the book on Fortran. Hmm. Right? There's a word you haven't said lately. <laughs> so she can learn how to program it, right? Correct. Uh, it, and it's really interesting because I think over and over and over again, you see instances where going all the way back to your Ellicott example, right? It was Benjamin and, and uh, what, uh, Benjamin Ellicott or? Uh, Benjamin Benneker. Benjamin Benneker. George Ellicott. Okay. Benjamin Benneker and, and George Ellicott, Ellicott right? And I'm assuming those are the Ellicotts that the Ellicott City's named after. Right. So you don't hear about Benjamin's, you know, Benneker's city. No. Nope. Uh, but you do hear about Ellicott City. Correct. Uh, and it is interesting because, you know, Benjamin was a component of the of the nation's capital, right? Getting that surveying work done and, and making sure that there was land assigned to that uh, to that project. It's a really interesting story. So going back backwards and forwards, you can look at examples where you know you, people have taken the initiative to learn, to do, to take opportunities when they're presented, mm-hmm. uh, but rarely are they recognized for that. Absolutely correct. Yeah, and I think in your intro, Kurt, you, you you brought up an interesting point about Black History Month that not only is it a reflection looking backwards, but it's really also an opportunity for us to reflect at the current state of things. So, so given that, where do you see black history, black culture, and technology intersecting today in 2020? Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good question. Um, so according to the EEOC, which is the Equal Opportunity Commission, um, blacks and African-Americans make up about 14.4% of um, the population, but they're only about 7% of the tech workforce. And that number plummets to 2% when you're thinking about at the executive level. Hmm. For me personally, you know, I, you know, like we were talking earlier, I've been trying to think about the number of black managers that I've had in my 20-year career. And, um, you know, not surprisingly, that number is zero. So there's still, you know, some general underrepresentation, and there's a lot that can still be done to kind of change the current land flow. So I think this is a really important comment to make because... You know, we, we've got a lot of data now that says that inclusive teams perform better, come up with better solutioning, create better uh, products for users. So I think there's a really interesting comment you made there, which is that you haven't had a, a non-white manager in your entire career history, right? Mm-hmm. It's always been somebody who has been fit the, fit the demographic, right? And for a long time, there was there was this kind of, and, and so I'm going to ask a kind of a response question because I, I'd be curious. So so I've had non-white managers, but non-black. Ah, right. Okay. okay. Fair enough. So, you know, 
Yeah, no, I it's. Want, I don't want someone calling from Intuit saying, hey, <laughs> so, you know, let's talk about this. <laughs> no, but it's important. Okay, so so we'll we'll narrow that conversation down and, and specifically say um, white managers, right? You've always, you've always had either white or you've had, not sorry, non-black managers your entire right. career, right? Right. So, you know, I think when you're looking at that, so having had non-black managers your entire professional career, what is the, and knowing that, diversity, inclusion, create better solutions for your customers. How did, how did that make you feel? Did you ever see it? Did you ever say like, boy, if only, if only we had a more diverse team, if only, you know, there was somebody at the management level who thought and felt and had this perspective, you know, we would be having a different conversation right now. Wow. Um, that's, uh, yeah, that's ask a Adam. I, I don't ask easy <laughs> questions. Um, I mean, yes, you, you definitely have those thoughts um, while you're going through your career. You, and, you know, to, to kind of bring this into a more broad scope here, that's what made um, Barack Obama so special. Because now, you know, we could, not just at the executive level, but at the highest level of government, we can see, you know, okay, well, we can achieve that. And before that, you know, there's a there's a set of shared experiences there. This man knows kind of what our shared cultural history is. knows knows under understands kind of where we're coming from. Well, or you you or you just think just the fact that he did it. I I think just the fact that he did it showed a lot of people that it's doable. Yeah. Whereas beforehand, it it didn't seem like a doable thing. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, before I joined Dev. I thought, okay, yeah, it's possible to see a black CEO. And I've seen a couple here and there on the internet. But now I've actually met one. So And she's uh, amazing. And she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, so I think that point's really important to make because we kind of, kind of hit on that before the show a little bit as well, that it's not, you know, and in, in you would ask, well, why isn't Kendall on the podcast, right? And I said, right. <laughs> and I said, uh, well, we could have brought Kendall on the podcast, but I think it's more important to get, you know, part of the whole mission of the podcast is to talk about delivery, mm-hmm. right? And to make things relevant for the people that are actually doing the work on a day-to-day basis. And it's not that Kendall's opinion uh, doesn't matter. She should be held up as an exemplar. But at the same time, it's important to hear your voice because she does have a voice because of, because of where she's at, right? right. Right. And it's important to hear your voice because we're, we're working to make sure that we are inclusive and we're thinking through those things and we want to hear all the different voices, right? And going all the way back to um, some of the things that we talked about at the fireside chat, Dev does a fireside chat every year where we get everybody together and talk about things we want to do going forward. Being inclusive, being diverse, being encompassing and hearing from those different voices is really critical. So. So I think it's really important that you're here today talking about your perspectives and not Kendall. Not that we don't all love Kendall. She's amazing. But just because your voice matters in this conversation. Sure. Yeah. It, well, now I'm just going to start going off script entirely because it, it is a very difficult yeah, for conversation sure. for us to have mm-hmm. yep. um, to be relevant to technology being and, and also trying to differentiate or, or maybe identify if there is a differentiation between um how the integration with the the technological workforce might differ from the greater workforce as a whole, right? Um, 
are those two different things or is there a misrepresentation of black leadership throughout, um, you know, industry in the United States? I mean, you pointed to Barack Obama having become the, the leader of the free world uh, as, as a fantastic um, beacon of hope and mm-hmm. of opportunity for for black youth in America, which is fantastic. Um, so is there a lack of representation just in technology, or do you feel like it's a, a systemic problem as a whole across all of the workforce here in the United States? It's definitely, in my opinion, across the entire workforce in the U.S. And, you know, probably even more generally, um, not just the U.S. More than, So you would say more <laughs> than just the U.S., meaning... Because, you know, so so you're Jamaican by birth, right? Wow. Yeah. And um, and I think what's really what's really interesting about that conversation is that when you go to the UK, there is a much more, uh, I won't say, it won't, it's not perfect equity, right, or equality, but I will say the, ad, the cultural attitudes there are, are a lot different than what you see in the United States, right? You can walk through downtown, and it, when I'm walking past the tech startups, there are, the office makeups are different. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the UK itself is, is actually a very difficult, um, environment to be as a black person. Mm-hmm. Um, a black person joined the Royal family and it didn't go so well. <laughs> so That's true. Y- if, if that, isn't the complete opposite of Barack Obama becoming, you know, president of the United States. I don't know what is. That's true. That's a really good observation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, when you think about that, there's kind of a question around where do we go from here, right? So we know the science is the science, right? Mm -hmm. You really can't argue with the science. The science says diverse, inclusive teams produce better results. Mm -hmm. But... Even where we we feel like there's more cultural equality, right, yeah, in the UK, there, there's obviously signals that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So how do we, you know, how do we define change? So you brought up Barack Obama, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we talk about a lot when we're talking about change is what I call the exemplar in the way, right? People have to know that there's a safe path to a future, and then they have to see that somebody has done that previously. Right. right? Exemplar in the way. And it's really interesting in that when you talk about somebody like Barack Obama, he is the exemplar, right? And the way was established, you know, in a lot of ways going back 100 years or so. But it took that long. There was that much of a gap between when it was possible and when it actually happened. Right. Uh, and that's really interesting, right? Because Agile is all about, you know, to bring it back into a tech focus, it's all about accelerating delivery, right? Accelerating value. And so if we have the policy wherewithal to be making decisions to create more diverse, more welcoming, more inclusive environments, but we're not seeing that happen, how can we help close that gap? That's a really good question. And I think that's a question that um, everyone should be asking is, you know, how can they be a change agent for this? You're right about having, you know, those inclusive teams being more productive, more efficient, um, but again, you know, when you look back at the EEOC data, it shows the opposite in terms of the number of black people in the workforce. So 
I mean, it, it still just points to the fact that opportunities aren't spread out evenly. And until we can fix that part, I don't think we'll be able to have these inclusive teams that we're talking about. Um, and, and I think it's a problem that's even broader than just tech, right? You know, yes, it's broader than the U.S., but it's broader than just tech. And so it needs to be addressed on a few different levels. So one level is the individual level, and then the other level is the organization level, right? Um, what can we do to change things? We can um, support or foster the pipeline of candidates from uh, HBCUs, uh, UMBC. We can support organizations such as Black Girls Code. Um, I think that there are organizations to... I think that organizations also have to look at not just their hiring practices, but also their retention policies. Um, one of the things that kind of drew me to Dev was the fact that they have this mentoring program. And, you know, earlier I said that I haven't had a black manager. I also have not had a black mentor. Um, so these are, these are important pieces of changing this equation. Um, what's the culture of the organization? Does the, does the organization provide mentoring? Are the mentors also black people? Um, another organization that I like is Code.org. They have some really good um, stats and other resources on their website in terms of how you can make changes to this equation. Um, and like I was saying earlier, you know, from, from a personal standpoint, what I've been trying to do with my wife is um, for our kids, we've been reading to them uh, this book series called Little Legends, and it's about exceptional black men and women uh, throughout history. And the idea is that um, as they get older, they too will face challenges. Maybe these challenges, maybe not, but they'll face their own challenges. And it's important to give them other sources of, um, you know, like they can see other people who face challenges that are like them and have excelled. So we talked a little bit about this, right? That, you know, there's this idea that tech has for a long time been merit-based, mm -hmm. right? And, and, to, and for some folks, that's been used as an excuse. Well, tech as an industry is merit-based. So that's why the, that's why there aren't a lot of women in tech. That's why there aren't a lot of minorities in tech mm -hmm. because the school system, you know, brought up certain types of people with certain demographic backgrounds who just happen to be white. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting to me because I, I think it's all BS, right. It, for the most part, I agree with you. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, th I think there is a problem in tech and that we're, we're not, taking the time. And I'd be really curious to kind of see your or hear your perspective on that, because I think it's, it's really important to push back against those kind of narratives, right? Yeah. So when you think about merit-based programs, um, you, the assumption is that everyone's starting at the same level playing field. And that's not the case. You know I mean? We go home, we probably have 
gigabit Ethernet. Some of the black people do not have that. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll actually point the finger at myself um, and, and give an example from my past. Um, you know, not, not to be, you know, playing the violin or anything, but when I went to college, I had peers and they had computers in their rooms, you know, in their dorm rooms. And I was trekking a mile to go to the lab in the middle of the night to go get my work done. So, I mean, th yes, things are merit-based, but again, you know, when you say things like that, you put it in this catch-all for, you know, thinking everyone starts at the same playing field, and that's just not the case. Yeah, so the, so the way we get to, so if tech is really focused, if we do want to eventually get to a merit-based approach to this, we have to make sure everybody has the same access the same starting point, Correct. the same knowledge base, Correct. right? And that's that's a big ask, right? That, I mean, like, I know there's lots of folks in the U.S. Who are, who are struggling with this, but it means black girls who code is a really important mission set. Absolutely. Right? It means that you've got women in STEM is a big mission set and being yep. inclusive of those that's conversations. Uh, there's, there's any number of different things. But I wanted to get your take on that because – you know, over the past few years, I've heard it, although a little bit less more recently, but certainly for a long time, it was kind of this, this established idea that tech is the way it is because of the, of the university system and because of the, of the merit-based systems that were in place. And it, it just is. And I was like, that's just not true. It's not true for any number of reasons. So I think it was really important to kind of share, um, that, that, you know, really kind of gets back to that opportunity, realized opportunity happens when you're prepared and you have the right knowledge and the right skills at the right time and the right opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, t it's a tough conversation. Kurt and I were talking about it before because while I think there's probably a lot of very specific, like black history and technology crossover, yeah. there's, there's still just a great inequality mm -hmm. crossover, whether it's age or gender yep. Uh, I mean, to me, tech is probably the least, like, meritocratized part, like, vertical of our economy. Oh, Because it's, like, so brand new that I think so much of it is still just, like, that garage culture, good old boy club. Like, it's all probably just, it might be, in my mind, just as bad as Wall Street. Mm. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I just don't really think it's merit-based or, like, you know. No, but that's the excuse. I mean, like, that <laughs> is the, that is... That is the way people like to talk about it. That tech. Uh, the I've never heard that. To, really? I've never heard it's that. It's like, okay. Maybe I, 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 I have read between the lines. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never, ever heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's why I was like, wow, interesting question. Because in my mind, like. Yeah, it's just not the it's, case. It's just not the case. I've never heard that. I've never heard anybody even really feel like that's a thing. Yeah. But, but mileage will vary. Right. So. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Kurt, for coming in, chatting with us about Black History Month and technology. I think the insight you've been able to share with us has been um, maybe not a revelation to John and myself, but I think um, it's been a fun conversation, and I really thank you for sharing some of those anecdotes about um, inspirational, inspirational and um, uh, innovative black technologists throughout history. 
um, it is important, I think, to cast a spotlight on those folks, as as John pointed out. As uh, what was it you said? There's a oh ex- the, the exemplar and the way. Yeah, so I I really think that ties in well to uh, to that concept. Um, so thanks once again, Kurt. Thanks again for having me.